Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Theme Park Shuffle with myself, Jeremy, uh, my good friends Logan and David. We are back for another episode. Uh, guys, welcome to what I think is probably our craziest challenge to date. Yeah, it better be. <laughs> I don't know who came up with this idea. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> either. I have a feeling it was Logan. We will let Logan go ahead and explain this challenge before we all dive into them uh, individually. But first, I did want to talk a little bit about this really cool and exciting event that we have coming up uh, April 22nd to 24th with Main Street Magic. It is called the Main Street 16 Challenge. This is going to be an entire weekend in Walt Disney World that is part scavenger hunt. It is part 16 ride challenge across all four parks, uh, some social events, all of this to benefit Give Kids the World, which is such a wonderful organization based there in Central Florida. Uh, we have an online auction that will be coming uh, online here any, any day now leading up to the event. There are a lot of opportunities still to either participate or simply make a donation, and absolutely anything helps. If you go to MainStreet16.com, you can learn all all about this insane weekend you can join if you would still like to participate or you can simply just make a donation uh, or share it with all your friends on social media we would truly truly appreciate it it is going to be an absolute uh, blast go ahead and follow at main st magic on all the social channels and you'll be able to kind of follow along our journey that entire weekend as we attempt this whole thing um, so with that being said and guys thank you for letting me share that logan Tell us all about this crazy ride challenge that you have tasked us with. I will, but I do want to say congratulations to you and the entire team of people who are putting this together. Thank you. This Main Street Magic 16 challenge is going to be insane. I'm so bummed that I will not be able to actually participate, but I, I've done my part. So I can't wait to see all of the the Wonderland crew video footage and everything that's going to be taking place throughout that entire event. So it's going to, be, it, man. going to be epic. Yeah. 2023 will definitely happen. Um, also very proud of what you've turned everything into and extremely bummed that I can't participate, but very much looking forward to 23. You guys will yes. be there in spirit. There you go. All right, Logan. So go ahead and tell us about theme park shuffle episode 14's challenge. The challenge is to retheme an existing dark ride or create a completely original one. Totally up to you. Using a fast food intellectual property. <laughs> so that means we can use any dark ride from around the entire world, not just limited to a Disney or Universal Park but we have to use some kind of IP that is associated with a fast food chain. Now, prior to this podcast, I did a shuffle to determine the kind of attraction. And that's how we found out that we were going to be working with a dark ride. So dark ride one, yay. And uh, so now we haven't even discussed sort of order or anything, but would anybody like to go first revealing their fast food IP dark ride? Do you want me to go first? Cause you guys don't know what mine is, correct? That is correct. I, yeah. I have no idea. Okay. I, I'll be happy to go first because I know you guys shared yours. And at the time you did, I didn't know what mine was. And by the time I knew I was like, I'm going to keep this one a secret because it's, it's, uh, a, it's crazy. I will just, then I have, yeah, you have to, you have to go first. Okay. After well, after that lead in, 
this well first of all this is this is the weirdest challenge for sure that I think we've done and I have a feeling that this will be the weirdest one for quite some time I know we'll get to some other crazy ideas <laughs> um and I actually do remember when Logan first brought it up he was like what do you guys think and I was like that is the weirdest strangest idea I've ever heard I'm in like because of that you know what I mean it was and I, I just feel like it's so relevant. Everything is now entertainment. Everything yeah. is moving to that movement of everything is a form of entertainment. Nothing yeah. can be just what it is. Everything has to be immersive entertainment. And so it's like, well, fast foods. I mean, we already got toy companies getting in on it. We got all these other brands getting in on it. So fast foods have always been. So this is really just taking it to the next level. So I will, I will tell you guys now, I could, I will almost 100% guarantee that mine would never be made. <laughs> that makes it even better. Still the fun in it. So Logan, are there, is there any rider attraction currently in the world that has a IP from a fast food? I don't know. That's okay. a really good question. I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing not. <laughs> so maybe these will be the first three that are ever created. <laughs> I wouldn't think so, but you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff over in Japan that I yeah. do not know. Yeah. And there's a lot of countries throughout the world and so much is happening in Asia as far as growth and new dark rides. I can't even keep track of all of them. So I would, I wouldn't be surprised if okay. somewhere out there, <laughs> there is one. I mean, we'll have know. to go check it out after. So here, here's where I'm going to go with, and I wanted to really focus around some sort of true mascot um, of a fast food chain. And as I started just digging and, and looking at different ones, I came up with one whose story is absolutely insane. Um, these probably produced some of the strangest uh, commercials over the last, shoot, 30, 40 years. Um, it's Jack in the Box and their CEO, Jack, who has been nice. through a, a lot. Like, and and if, you're, if you're listening, either I would pause right now and I would go just search up like Jackson Jack in the Box commercials over the years, um, and then maybe come back and listen. Or at least after the episode is done, I'm gonna share a couple of the commercial kind of ideas with you because that's the flow that this story and journey is gonna take, so that you can go watch and you won't believe some of this stuff and what they created around this. So my attraction is gonna be called Jack's Back, and it's basically the story of kind of the the fall and the rise of the jack-in-the-box uh, basically mascot icon ceo and I, I didn't pick any specific current dark ride to completely retheme but i think that there's probably plenty that this could fit in um, i was looking at possibly using a um, trackless ride system but it's not really necessary completely with the way the ride flows i do think that even a tracked uh, moving vehicle that can turn you know, sideways and, and face certain parts of a, a show scene could be important. Um, so again, if there's one that comes to mind that once I'm going through Logan, you think this would really fit. And then the one other thing, there's a couple areas that I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on how this would be pulled off. Um, you guys know, I love like a collection of different things from actual set pieces to layered screens, to LEDs, to, you know, just kind of all types of different things that they use in rides. So when you come up to this building, it's going to be a large, it's an old pale yellow looking building like the original Jack in the Boxes that came out, I think it was 1951. And so you're going to have this large show building. It's not going to be anything too crazy, but it's going to have what was the iconic uh, pole and sign that has a big box on top. And it's got this ping pong headed looking weird clown just sitting on top of it. 
and that's where it's going to say Jack's back. And so the queue will be a lot of exterior queue, which is going to kind of wrap around the building almost like it was a drive-through. Uh, you know, painted lines, almost like the sidewalks will look like little roadways, as though you're coming up to a drive-through of this fast food restaurant. And as you approach the entry, uh, there's an intercom system, and there's a sign that says, pull forward, Jack will speak to you. Um, Jack in the Box was actually the first major drive-through fast food restaurant that featured a two-way intercom. So I felt like it was something we needed to implement in this attraction. And you'll be able to actually press the button and you'll hear Jack on the other end ask how many are in your party. And, you know, they'll make sure they've got room for you and they're going to go ahead and let you into the pre-show area. So in the pre-show, and this is for one of the first commercials, um, you enter that area and it is the iconic Jack in a box sitting right there. And he runs down the normal safety measures for you. So we have an animatronic talking, weird looking ping pong headed clown. He's going to run down to keep your hands, feet inside, all that kind of good stuff that we have to have. But as that ends, the lights kind of flash, it goes dark, and when they reappear, a large LED screen has kind of dropped down in front of you. And what they've done is actually recreated the original 1980 classic commercial called Jack Explodes. And so this is now a high-def, modern experience. They've you know recast people in it but recreating it really scene by scene. And if you go back and you watch this commercial, there's a sweet old lady that drives up to the front of this Jack in the box. And there's Jack, and he's surrounded by some managers, and he's covered in dynamite. She asks, what are you doing to the Jack in the box? He's so cute. And the manager replies, cute was the old Jack in the box restaurants. Then they press a button, Jack explodes. And as that happens again, we flash to, you know, dark, when the lights come back on, there's still a little bit of smoke that's clearing out. The screen is gone, but then in the back is a new facade of the newly named Monterey Jacks. So Jack in the Box actually went through a name change at several of their restaurants after this. They were coming out with a new menu that was supposed to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, fancy for fast food with you know gourmet chicken sandwiches and all. And so they had changed some of the restaurants to Monterey Jacks because most people are probably listening thinking, what is this guy talking about? So from here, you'll go ahead and board your ride vehicle, which looks like a convertible car, fits four people. And again, this could be a trackless system or it could be on a track with cars that can move, you know, left to right to show you the, the scenes you're supposed to. And as you enter the first showroom, it is a giant boardroom. And again, think of you coming in. Now this is where your cart is going to face you basically sideways. So you're moving sideways while you're looking at this scene in front of you. And as you go through, you're going to see all these kind of animatronic corporate looking goons and suits at a large conference table. And you see through the back, uh, Jack walks in. Again, this might be one of those layered screens that, you know, like Rise of the Resistance with the stormtroopers up top. It looks like he's really there. It works within the animatronics, but it's more practical having this character walk through there. And he basically states he's ready to take his rightful place as head of Jack in the Box after he was able to have a very successful plastic surgery, and he's now holding the detonator. And he tells him the Monterey Jack's name change was about as popular as cold french fries. And as you exit the large boardroom now, your ride vehicle switch as you go through boardroom doors that have opened, and behind you, you get a blast of air, heat, smoke, as Jack has basically done to these guys what they did to him just a few years prior. And as you're now exiting into the next showroom, you hear him exclaim, Jack's back. 
So in the next show building, uh, it's actually going to take you on a street. And again, go watch that commercial in the boardroom. And then you're going to watch this next commercial, which I'm not kidding, is an actual commercial. And the way that they filmed it, it looks like that kind of over-shoulder uh, documentary-style cops footage. And this was around the time that cops was real big that they were doing this. So the next show building is going to take you on a street, and you're going to be facing the front of a house. But you're going to see Jack at the front door, banging on the door, and the guy answers. And again, this might be able to go through as two animatronics interacting. And uh, Jack tells the guy that he understands that this guy's been going around calling it junk in a box. And he demands that he tries the food. Your vehicle will start to move around kind of the corner to the side of the house as Jack kicks in the door to chase this guy. This is where through the windows, again, I think you could use screens to show them running through. It'll be very hectic, fast-paced, um, but you'll just be looking through the windows of the side of this house as you then come all the way around to the back of the house in the backyard as uh, Jack tackles the guy on the ground and forces him to try a milkshake, french fries, and burger. The man admits it's very yummy, and Jack says, you're not just saying that, are you? You know I could snap your arm like a twig. I quote that directly from the commercial that aired on television. So, again, this, this is, a, this is a, a dark one. I can't wait to hear uh, David's. So Jack moves on as he continues, and he is finally getting back on top. You know, he's going to be the jack-in-the-box on top. So as he's back on top, we next enter through Jack's home where he's seated at the table with his family. It's his mom, his wife, Cricket, who look like normal humans. And we learn that his dad and son both have the same ping pong heads as he does, and that it's a genetic mutation that only affects males in the family. Yet again, another actual commercial that we are, we are taking this journey through. Um, so this, again, might be that combination of animatronic pieces with you know actual set pieces, screens, as you move around and through this house. The phone rings, and it's Jack's cousin, Jim Box, who lets him know he's in prison. Uh, we're not sure why, but it becomes pretty clear when he tells Jack he could kill for a bonus Jack combo. As Jack walks out of the home, uh, he is heading to the office, feeling on top of his game, and he's getting ready to cross the street with his colleague, Phil, when he is uh, telling him that the future of fast food and Jack in the Box is we're going to serve the same menu all day. That means you can get breakfast for dinner and you can get burgers for breakfast. As he's saying that, he goes to cross the street where he's hit by a bus. Um, and he is basically put into a, a coma. He's got a cracked ping pong head, all this good stuff. Um, we segue next into the hospital room where he's kind of out of it, but he can vaguely see and hear his colleague, Phil, who lets him know he is telling the world about the all-day menu as his own idea and is changing the company name to fill in the box. Jack emerges from his coma to strangle Phil. And we move into the next and final showroom, which everybody's probably very happy about at this point, to show Jack is now running for president as he continues to get his way back on top. And it's this hokey, very think, you know, kind of 1980s, early 90s presidential ad where he states he's for the people and he's for milkshakes and that his opponent is a milkshake hater. And the music in the background is from Jack's very own and real band in the song Hot Mess. Again, these things all really happened. The ride ends and you exit your vehicle. You just assume he won the election and is now officially on top 
because Jack is back. And at the exit, there's a quick service restaurant serving fresh Jack-in-the-box burgers, fries, and a Cholua margarita milkshake because Jack's once claims in a Reddit Ask Me Anything that he enjoyed hot sauce as a beverage. And that's all I got for you. Okay. My, <laughs> okay, I thought mine was dark. <laughs> um, all real. <laughs> I just think that's crazy that those are real commercials. I couldn't believe it going through them. I mean, it, it, it's, it's nuts. I mean, you, you really got to watch the cops one. I mean, he literally forces this guy in his yard to force feeds him food and then claims he will will snap his arm like a twig if he's lying to him but it, but it it just laid out for this incredibly dark and humorous story of yeah this you know this like almost simple guy who who's taken down by a large corporation and then works his way back up i mean if you take away the fact that he's got a ping pong head this is like falling down with michael douglas in ways you know what i mean like that's almost how i picture this dark gritty ride so i i mean i'd i'd check oh it my out gosh. i guess <laughs> i'm glad we don't have those in florida yeah or here in <laughs> where we live anyway yeah that is that is just insane like i know we talked about how crazy this challenge was going to be because we were all going to go in really crazy directions but what is the craziest part to me is that all you did was stitch together existing commercials into this storyline that is so bizarre, yeah. so out there. Um, but yet it's not much different than a Little Mermaid dark ride where they just take broken sections from a larger story and then just create these vignettes one after the other and you just kind of have to figure out what happens in between yeah and wow yeah i was imagining like when you said the family sitting around <laughs> all i could think about was like it's a great big beautiful yeah, tomorrow right. yeah. <laughs> like the family is sitting around with the jack the jack heads though i like oh i gosh. like that as the background soundtrack <laughs> well what's crazy is i mean i landed on I landed on Jack in the Boxes. I was like, I've seen that character. It's an interesting character. I can develop a story yeah. around it. So I just was like, well, let me do a little research. And then when I started finding it out, I was like, I don't have to create an original story. This is a nuts story as is that can fit in again <laughs> to this entire kind of system. Um, again, I, I don't know how the, you know, I don't know how the actual, you know, logistics of it would work. I mean, I, I don't know if some of my ideas with the, you know, layering of set pieces with animatronics to screens and things like that, you know, could be pulled off. I think it would be um, a, a tough one to pull off in some of these areas, especially with the animatronics, um, which, by the way, did you see the, 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 you know, basically revealing the new Iron Man animatronic over in Disneyland Paris is going to be like, I can't remember exactly what, it's like some new fully functional that's never been done, but sounds exactly like that thing we saw at IAPA. Ah, that's what it sounds go. like. I'll have to go back and send you the article. I just browsed through it real quick. but Nice. Um, so yeah, who knows if it could work, but it's an interesting story, and at the end you get you know burger and fries and a Chalua margarita milkshake, so why not? You know what I also imagined as you're sort of going through this, because of the way the character looks, I don't see the animatronics as being super thrilling, exciting animatronics. I actually feel like this ride, what would add to it even more is having those classic animatronics that hardly do any moves, yeah. which makes it <laughs> almost uh, creepier, more over the top <laughs> <Yeah>. and ridiculous. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. 
And you're right. You don't have to worry about the facial expressions and all. You're just looking for the the body movement. And yeah, I do think almost seeing one, you know, actually walk through a boardroom, a la you know Lincoln, yes. in a way, would almost probably add to the factor of this actual chaos that is ensuing in front of you. So I like that idea. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, who who wants to follow up to that ridiculousness? <laughs> you could have given me a hundred guesses. And ten hints, and I still would not have. No, no, no. that's crazy. Well, if it had been, a, if, it, if we <laughs> well had done, selected sir. a stage show, if that had been the shuffle, then I probably just would have gone with the Chihuahua from uh, Taco Bell, just doing tricks or something. So, it's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Animal Kingdom. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect for go. it. Yeah, yeah. Festival of the, oh, the Taco Bell dog. Who's well, up? David, <laughs> you want to go next? You want to battle your craziness yeah, versus mine? <laughs> I lost. I lost 100%. Yeah, no, I already lost. I doubt it. I doubt so, it. <laughs> so, um, I didn't, I didn't use any like actual existing commercials for mine, but, uh, I, I kind of created my own story. And what I'm going to do is I am going to use McDonald's as my IP. And I am going to have an original dark ride. It is only seasonally available, and it's going to be available during Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. I thought you were going to say during when the McRib. <laughs> I thought you were going with that seasonal. Only when the McRib is available can only you ride this when the Mc- And at the, end, <laughs> at the end of the ride, you get food poisoning. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so the, the name of my ride is going to be called McDonald's Town. And I want it to feel like those old dark rides that came to the fairs. You know, that oh were like God, yes. <laughs> really creepy, like, I, I don't, I don't want mine to be super technologically advanced, or at least I don't want it to appear technologically advanced. I want it to feel like those old carny rides that popped up at the fair where like it was a skeleton from Walmart that popped up <laughs> in the dark. I, I want it, I want it to have that kind of feeling. And the story behind mine is that the year is 2050. And all of the world-famous McDonald's across the planet have closed down because Earth has become strictly, wait for it, vegan. <laughs> so the <laughs> the <laughs> so the outside of my ride is going to look like an abandoned abandoned McDonald's food factory where they produced all the food that got shipped out to many of the you know restaurants. And as you walk into the queue, I want there to be broken, like old school TVs playing old actual McDonald's commercials, really happy and and reminding you of what McDonald's, the image McDonald's used to put out there. So as you walk into the room, there's going to be ride vehicles that are constantly moving. Think kind of like the Haunted Mansion. You just kind of hop on a ride vehicle as it's going through. Back in the day, this was a tour of the factory to see how McDonald's food was produced and all the joy that went into McDonald's. But as you board it, you're going to get a sense of foreboding. As you round the first bend, you'll see a sign of the Fry Guys, the famous Fry Guys from McDonald's. This is the French fry section of the ride. However, as you move forward, you realize the fry machines are still on and burning oil, but it's not French fries being dipped in. It's the actual Fry Guys being dipped into the hot burning oil. The ride's going to pick up speed and the vats of oil are going to start to tip and move and look like they're going to spill onto your car. But your car escapes into a tunnel just before the vats spill over. As you escape in this tunnel, you see a room you enter that, you notice is very purple. It's 
purple from top to bottom. And then there's monitors again, playing videos of Grimace, happy Grimace from all of the fun commercials with his trademark, duh, that he used to say. But the room itself looks like it's been destroyed and it's disheveled. And as you enter further, the actual quote-unquote evil Grimace, when they first debuted Grimace, he was evil. He was McDonald. He was Ronald McDonald's enemy. Leaps out from behind a desk begging you for a hamburger. When he realizes that you don't have one, he charges the cart enraged. The cart accelerates into the next scene, barely escaping. At this point, you're entering what appears to be like a corporate office, but you notice the trademark colors of yellow and red. The lights are broken but flickering ever so slightly, and the words, I'm loving it, are sprawled from top to bottom in sloppy, nasty paint. As you enter the office, another monitor is playing a news clip of the day that McDonald's was shut down. The clip tells you that the trademark mascot, Ronald McDonald, angrily stormed out of McDonald's corporate office and has been disappeared for years. No one has seen him or heard from him since then. And then the monitor goes blank. From behind the monitor pops a terrifying, disfigured clown. It's Ronald McDonald. Your car accelerates quickly into another section of the office as Ronald's voice blares out. The world loved me once and I will make them love me again, even if I have to carve smiles into everyone's faces. The clown pops up again with a knife dashing towards your cart. As he's about to slash you, a trademark red truck hits him and knocks him away from you. Hamburglar's head pops from the driver's side, telling you to escape this way and hurry. As you leave the factory, Hamburglar, a Hamburglar animatronic explains, he was always trying to steal the burgers to stop Ronald, who was clearly insane, and his message was always mistreated. The ride ends as you leave the cart, escaping the McDonald's factory until next Halloween. The end. Wow. That's uh, that's impressive. And yeah, that's no, that's much darker than Jack. Uh <laughs> in the in speaking speaking so of jacks fun. jack that's what i'm picturing is that iconic halloween horror night you know jack the clown is what you're facing at the end that everybody loves so freaking much when it's like think of like ronald mcdonald with oil burnt his face and yeah just very joker very very joker-esque yeah I, it's a hundred percent. It is a hundred percent Joker. What what I kept thinking as you were describing it and kind of going through there is I kept thinking of Five Nights at Freddy's and I was yeah. just like, oh so, gosh. I'll tell you what I based it on. My daughter, who uh, attempted to do an intro for us today, but got <laughs> shy when she saw Jeremy. <laughs> My daughter watches this thing that's called um, Poppy's Playhouse. It's a it's a video game, but she watches like YouTube kids things. And it's an abandoned toy factory where you go through uh -huh. and all the toys pop up and kind of turn evil. So I thought, you know, uh, the corporate, uh, how corporate McDonald's is that, you know, it could very easily be misconstrued as evil or taken as evil. So um, my wife also has a crippling fear of clowns. So, <laughs> so I mixed, I mixed the two together. I came up with an idea to do a, a horror ride and, um, and then the old fair rides definitely popped into my head. So yeah. I just combined it all and came up with McDonald's down. Well, I'm loving it. Uh, yes, I am ah. loving it. Exactly. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. You're wow. I, I could even hear that being like that slowed down at like, you know what I mean? That, that ba, da, da, da. It's like, yes. the, it's like the pulsating music behind you. Yeah. 
and it's like barely familiar. You know what I mean? Yeah, very yes. very slow. That's, like, oh, that would be good. That's a great. That's a great idea. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I figured. I figured this ride couldn't last all year. Like, you wouldn't want to ride it all the time. Right. But... I don't know. You find the right place, you'll ride that year round. That yeah. sounds fun. And I, and I, I looked up Halloween Evil Grimace, I... and don't ever, don't ever look up Evil Grimace. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that thing is horrifying. It was. Whoa! I couldn't believe it was a thing. That's insane. Yeah, uh... I'm not sleeping after tonight's episode so, uh... probably now. Wow. So, so, so mine weird. is not as like a. Uh, mine isn't as like a uh, corporate espionage as Jeremy's, but <laughs> I, I love it. mine's a little scary. That. Very, very. I love how both you guys came up with originals too. Like here I am. I'm just gonna be retheming one, but oh, you guys like it won't knocked awesome. it out of the park. <laughs> also, yes, I did not see the picture of Evil Grimace till just now, and oh my gosh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's creepy, man. All right, well, David again coming through with the uh, out of the box. I came through with the Jack in a box, and then Logan's gonna uh, bat clean up here and give us his awesome IP and idea. What do you got for us, man? Well, yeah, David definitely knocked it out of the Happy Meal. So, <laughs> well done, <laughs> sir. Well done. Um, for for mine, I wanted to wave my Sally flag. So yeah. I have been dying to actually retheme a Sally dark ride. One that was made prior to when I worked there. And the particular one that I just absolutely love, even though I've never, ever actually ridden the ride, but just watching the videos, seeing all the photos, seeing all the documentation, and it's just such a great attraction. And that is the challenge of Tutankhamen at Wallaby, Belgium, formerly Six Flags, Belgium. So just a little backstory, since this isn't a Disney and Universal ride, so not everybody may know about it. This spectacular interactive dark ride takes guests on an amazing journey deep into the heart of an ancient pyramid, where the cursed tomb of the legendary pharaoh, King Tutankhamun, was hidden from the world for thousands of years. Convinced there is still hidden treasure inside Tutankhamun's tomb, the devious professor Goodday urges visitors to join his expedition. So your challenge is to enter the uncharted regions of the dark passageways and find the lost treasure. An ancient Egyptian seer named Nazir warns guests of the dangers that lie ahead. The ancient god Seth, lord of destruction and chaos, has vowed to protect the sanctity of the tomb and has unleashed the mystical terrors of the curse. 3,000-year-old gods and demons still protect the tomb of the pharaoh and stand ready to challenge all who dare enter. Defeat the guardians along the route, or you will be turned away before reaching your goal. So this journey involves an interactive battle of mythical proportions. The ride features 54 animatronics and 130 practical targets. And the coolest part, is that the ride has three possible endings depending on how well each team scores. So first, riders must achieve a set score to unlock the final boss battle with the god Seth. Then, if you defeat Seth, you receive the ultimate prize and enter the treasure chamber. However, those who fail are sent through one of two early exits. So this Sally Dark 
Pride, won multiple awards, including two of the biggest awards in our industry, the IAPA Best Major Ride Award in 2003, and Athea for Outstanding Achievement in 2004. What I really love about this interactive dark ride is the fact that it contains over 50 animatronics, highly themed environments, and not a single screen. So now comes the fun part. For my fast food retheme, the challenge of Tutankhamen is becoming Reign of the Burger King. <laughs> so here we go. Oh, wow. The <laughs> so the exterior facade now looks like a battle damaged concentric castle with war torn flags featuring the Burger King logo. Guests cross over the drawbridge and pass through the portcullis to enter the castle's gatehouse. Once inside, guests are greeted by animatronic versions of Sir Shakes a Lot and his robotic companion, Frybot. They inform us that thousands of years ago, there were hundreds of small kingdoms on the island of fast food. One of those kingdoms was home to the noblest and bravest knight in all the lands, known as the Burger Knight. The knight swore an oath to serve his kingdom above all else, even agreeing to keep his face hidden from the world and wearing a helmet at all times. As time passed, the knight's power and influence grew as he racked up victory after victory on the battlefield. But he wanted more. A witch came to him one day promising absolute power if that is what he wanted. After much consideration, the Burger Knight accepted the witch's offer and was bestowed with a magical helmet. When the knight placed the helmet upon his head, it bonded with his flesh and took on the appearance of the knight's face, but in a hauntingly distorted way. Using dark magic, the knight took control over the Burger Kingdom and became the magical, marvelous Burger King. He started an epic war resulting in the decimation of kingdoms. Some of those kingdoms were able to avoid destruction through strategic alliances, such as the Hortons, who were able to keep their stronghold over the Great North. The Eyes of Pop retained control over the bayous and the swamps, and the Sons of Sorin and the House of Fire expanded their kingdom exponentially after joining the Burger King. Eventually, the war resulted in the formation of five mystical empires. Four of the five empires were the Sirens, the Bells, the Cows, and the Clowns. But for the Burger King, there was only room for one on the throne, one true king. The Mad King became obsessed with power, greed, and immortality. He defeated the remaining empires and forced them into servitude. Those who once tried to defeat him now serve him as guards within his castle. For centuries, the Burger King has sat on his burger throne, coveting his treasure, hiding his true appearance behind a terrifying mask and ruling like an omnipotent god. But it is time for his reign to come to an end. Science will defeat magic once and for all. 
as guests board high-tech carriages armed with laser cannons capable of piercing through the mightiest magical defenses. The mission, traverse deep within the castle to find and defeat the Burger King, but be prepared to fight off unimaginable enemies along the way. So now we're entering the ride. Whew, let me take a break. <laughs> so after we have boarded our carriages and left the gatehouse, we travel within the outer bailey, blasting creepy Burger King busts hanging on the walls. An animatronic of Frybot points us in the right direction as we continue our search for the Burger King's throne. The ground quakes as the castle walls start to crumble and fall around us up ahead we see the Burger King standing in a corridor, waving at us, almost taunting us. But then he suddenly transforms into a stone statue. This is accomplished using a Pepper's ghost effect. As we round the corner, we enter a chapel dedicated to the false god's likeness. 20 feet tall statues of the Burger King stand over us and a statue of Burger King sitting on his burger throne lights up as we enter the room. Though his face doesn't move, we hear his voice as he threatens to destroy us for trespassing within his sacred castle. After traveling deeper inside the castle, we must battle the first of many mystical enemies. The House of Bells may be well known for their tacos, but throughout the island of fast food, they were feared for their mutated chihuahuas. Here, you must defeat an anthropomorphic Chihuahua before he wraps you in a burrito like the other victims frowned around his base. Our carriages pass by a dark corner where the Burger King again appears and suddenly disappears. Then you come face to face with a terrifying three-headed Chihuahua hellbent on your destruction. Once those threats are eliminated, we are lured into the inner castle walls by the smell of coffee and the seductive singing of sirens. Don't be fooled by their angelic voices and irresistible coffee breath. The fish-tailed sirens are ruthless creatures that will leave you addicted to their product and willing to pay $5 for a 10-cent cup of coffee. After surviving the two beautiful sirens, we enter their dwelling place full of the carcasses of their past victims. A truly ghastly sight with scorpions and bugs crawling all over the rotten bodies. And in the distance, we can see the Burger King popping up from a well and then going back down. Just when we think we're safe, we are attacked by the third siren in her terrifying man-eating fish appearance. Next, we enter the kitchen where we are immediately confronted by six emaciated cows that are all chanting, eat more chicken, as they slowly lunge towards us. We easily dodge their attacks and wonder if that was the worst that the house of cows had for us. We escape into the next room, which is completely black. We hear flies swarming around us and smell fried flesh. A candle occasionally flickers bright to reveal chickens hanging from hooks in the ceiling above us. The candlelight also reveals the Burger King standing in the corner very close to us and then disappearing again. We then turn and are confronted by a massive anthropomorphic bull wielding butcher's knives and bookended by two barbecue grills that are spewing real fire. We manage to defeat the bovine beast 
but our journey is not complete. The house of clowns is ready for us. And we are immediately surrounded by a horde of zombie Ronald McDonald lookalikes. With each laser blast, the clowns scream in laughter as we barely manage to hold them back long enough to make it to the throne room. If we don't make the minimum high score, an animatronic Sir Shakes a lot informs us that the Burger King's reign continues and we have failed the kingdom. But if we manage to score high enough, our quest will continue. We enter the throne room and a larger than life stone statue of Burger King is ready for us. He defends himself from our attacks and occasionally shoots lasers out of his eyes at us. If we don't score enough points, we exit the scene and travel back to that same spot where Sir Shakes-a-Lot informs us that the Burger King's reign continues and we have failed the kingdom. But if we manage to score high enough, we defeat the stone Burger King and enter the actual throne slash treasure room filled with riches as far as the eye can see, as well as the smell of Whoppers and French fries. As we turn the corner, animatronics of Sir Shakes a lot and Frybot have the Burger King captured and tied up to his throne. They thank us for saving the Burger Kingdom and invite us to enjoy the flame grilled taste of victory inside the Great Hall, which just happens to be located right outside the ride exit. Before they can remove the Burger King's mask to reveal his true appearance, he magically disappears from the throne and lets out a final victorious laugh. The end. Jeez. Man, we all really put the dark and dark ride. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> I, I actually think that was the that was the craziest of them all. Um first, I I didn't know that there was any other attachments of characters to like Burger King, like the Fry Bot, and I'm looking them up right now. And Sir Shakes, yes. so those are brand new to me, which is is pretty cool. Um, and the rest of that, I mean, first of all, that original ride that Sally created is absolutely unbelievable sounding. It's I'm classic. gonna have to go watch a ride through. I mean, you know, gamification of any ride is incredible, but one that actually alters your ride, yeah. holy smokes, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm gonna go look up a a YouTube ride through. And then, yeah, I mean, you perfectly told this story that while, you know, I, I think I certainly stuck very, very close to the vest with actual fast food. David started to venture a little bit. I mean, you literally just wrote like a fast food movie. Right there, like, <laughs> like a, a, well, my, my inspiration was Game of Thrones meets Burger King. Yeah. I mean, that's just <laughs> that's just a, insane. And, and as always, you know, I was just real quick, just looking up a couple still shots of the ride, the original ride. But again, you do such a great job of that detail of walking through step by step where then I literally can close my eyes and picture this happening. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like like the mummy meets like Space Ranger spins meets like just oh, all these incredible things in one. That was that was. I, I don't know if that should be made into a movie first and then they adapt a ride, or if they make a ride oh, and then adapt a movie because I that, think it would actually work as either one. It would be an epic series. Yeah, that would that would be that would be cool. Maybe Disney can get the rights to all those new Disney Plus series. Yeah, right. <laughs> That'd have to be on Hulu, I think, or the, the Disney adult overseas or something like that. But man, bravo. That was 
That was so good. And, and, and you pulled a little bit of a David rapping in the other IPs, which I like. I, yeah. I like. Yeah. Tricky, tricky I was loading. like, you know what? I'm going to go with, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys I'm going with Burger King. But as my story evolved, I was like, oh no, I've, so I've cool. got to, I've got to create an entire empire. I love it. So, so how funny is it that like all three of us, like you hear fast food and these IPs and you think, you know, sunshine and rainbows and whatnot. And, <laughs> Every, every single one of us went to like the darkest point of those things that you could possibly think like the, the port Burger King is really just a horrific mask that has melted this dude's face. And like, just, I mean, he is terrifying. Like yeah. the Burger King <laughs> in and of itself is terrifying. We have to put a disclaimer before this episode. That's like, Hey, look, uh, this is, <laughs> this one gets this a little, is, this one gets a little dark. This is, this is dark we have like killer clowns <laughs> ping, ping pong murder um uh, like it's oh, holy man. moly that, that was funny yeah gosh i i, I would have when you first presented this idea I, I don't think i would have yeah come anywhere close to thinking of any of these which i think of course is what makes this fun and doing this with you guys makes it so fun um who'd have thought that a fast man. food episode should have been our halloween episode yeah. i know right ah yeah we will we'll, <laughs> we'll just have to save it yeah, we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a rewind. We'll do a rewind when Halloween comes around, and we'll put this out on go. Halloween yes. Day or something for people to to come back in case they missed It'll it the first a, time. A bonus replay. That was that hey was guys. awesome, guys. Hey guys, do you want your childhoods destroyed? Listen to this. <laughs> yeah. So next time Lacey wants McDonald's, I'm gonna be like, just give me a few minutes. You got to listen to what David has to say about that place. Um, well, the, the funniest part was that that story, that ride that I I came up with. If you guys wouldn't have given me that extra week, it would not have been that fleshed out. <laughs> if we would have recorded last week like we planned on, then it would not have been that detailed. I mean, I went back and really uh, just fleshed out the entire sort of origin story uh, that wouldn't have existed prior to to this recording. We'll have we'll have Funny. to do one, and you'll you'll still absolutely kill it, of course, Logan. But we'll have to do one where we have twenty four hours. Or something like that, because David and I are working usually in that space anytime, anyway. By the time we get around to it, but then maybe you're going to give me Logan twenty-four whole hours. I'm going to. It's going to be a two-hour challenge for. Well, heck, we all did it on the spot when we did the um, the final World Showcase Pavilion IP one. We did all that on oh, the yeah, spot, so yeah, we we know we can accomplish those types of things. So I uh, I opened my uh, Word. Uh, my notepad on my phone at about eight o'clock tonight and my <laughs> wife said what are you doing i was like i gotta record in half an hour and she goes what are you doing i was like uh haunted clown something i don't know <laughs> and then i sat there and typed it out well there you go you definitely pulled it off man and, and expect and that's the one that's the one that i i'm not gonna say i thought originally was gonna be the easiest only because it had all these characters but my mind would have originally gone to like a winnie the pooh style you know mcdonald's kind of goofy yeah kids like whatever and so i love that you took it in the complete opposite direction and again i could picture a halloween horror night um house and i know yours is a ride which yep. makes it even better but having done halloween horror nights the first time last year that thing would fit right in so um they just man. need to set it up like a carny ride that's all yeah <laughs> and, and logan yours 100 percent would fit right in. i mean i know the mummy returns is closed right now can they just now just instead blow that whole thing out and put this right in there instead because <laughs> You've already got uh, kind of the facade and all and the, the thrill of that thing. So nah, I, love nah, it. I, don't, I don't want this to be a coaster. This has to be a <laughs> slow moving, interactive dark ride. Uh, You're going to do it. Yeah, do it, it right. That's so cool. Yeah, I it does. That. 
Man, what? How are we going to top this one next? We're going to have to go back to the drawing board and, and see what we're getting to for the uh, next theme park shuffle because this one's going to be some fun ones. Be tough to beat as far as ideas go, I think. Yeah, this was a good break though. Yeah, it, it's always nice when we can kind of end a long running series that you know has a lot of attractions within one park and just sort of break away and i think it was awesome too like in, in the case with you guys you didn't even have to go and <laughs> deeply research some dark ride to create these attractions you were able to just you know based off your your prior experience and knowledge pull it together which i think was awesome and i enjoyed the fact that i could actually do something other than a disney universal attraction and, yeah. and highlight some of the amazing stuff we do at Sally Dark Rides. No, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, maybe mine could have just been, uh, it could have replaced the same ride and it's just Jack mowing down angry customers that don't like his food. <laughs> that could have been it, maybe. That would have been a simple uh, simple changeover, but. I'm just glad nobody did Subway the Jared experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boo. laughs> Oh, man. Those jokes are still around. Well, uh, they are guys as always thank you so so much for for doing this um we will yeah we'll, we'll get the next idea going soon or maybe we do look at doing like a 24-hour you know challenge or something just for fun and kind of see what we come up with but these things are always so much fun to do and yeah you guys are so dang creative um i always love hearing what you have to come up with it's it's just awesome this was a fun one can't wait for the next one absolutely David, can't wait you want to you want to take job, us out guys. of this thing I do. So as always, thank you guys so much. We hope we didn't traumatize you in your childhoods too, too, too much in this one. Um, go find Theme Park Shuffle if you do not have not subscribed yet. Like, subscribe, review, comment. Uh, we'll give you our P.O. box to send us cashier's checks or traveler's checks for us to uh, to use on our next trip to Disney. Uh, interact with us on Facebook. We love it. We'll chat back, back with you um as always this is so much fun we can't wait to bring you to the next one so for me david and logan adios muchachos jeremy peace out we are out of here see you on the next one